0: Welcome to the Anxiety Guys, the podcast of the emotional revolution. Real stories, real solutions, and real hope. Join the revolution. I'm your host, Nick Davis. And I'm Dan Jarvis. Welcome to another episode with the Anxiety Guys. So today we're talking about the corporate world and teams within the corporate world. Performance, max performance, peak performance. I actually saw an article on LinkedIn today that was talking about the number of CEOs that are resigning And the numbers were pretty astounding of people at the top of their game, the top of corporations that are just walking away. And I think uh, with what we do, I started thinking about that. And I'm like, well, given all that's gone on in the world, where we're at, just if you look at your phone every day, right? If you're catching the news, your emotions are getting ratcheted up. Then you go home, you you get to the family and and maybe your spouse or your kids, you know, they got their own emotions and you're trying to help them and regulate them. And it just becomes a cycle. And before you know it, you're not sleeping or you, maybe you're sleeping, but you wake up at 3am and guess who can't go back to sleep.
1: Right. Well, look at it from this perspective. If you're the CEO, let's just say a fortune 500 company. All right. You have a lot of responsibility. You have a lot of people who answer to you, but what's the primary role of a corporation? It's shareholder earnings, correct?
0: Yep. I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, you're running that company to produce a product, a service, or whatever for your for your um, for your customers, and take care of your employees. But it's ultimately to drive revenue. We're in business, and you're in business to make money,
1: right? So, as a CEO, that's your basically you're operating everything just to make sure that you can produce those numbers for the board, right? Because what happens when the numbers start dropping? Who's the one that gets held responsible for that?
0: Yeah, you and your team.
1: Right. And then think about the pressure that that puts on somebody. You know, Maybe you're a 40-year-old CEO and you've, you've been very successful. And all of a sudden, the market changes like we're seeing. And then you have a new level of stress because now it's like, oh, boy. you know, Earnings are, are going down. And, and then what ends up happening when your earnings start dropping? What's the first thing they do? Cut people.
0: Not only do you have the pressure of performing for shareholders, performing for your um, your family at home, but all the employees that look up to you that are, the, that are looking to you for that guidance. And if you don't get things right, they might not have a job in a couple of months or next week or next year. And you see that coming before they do. And then that pressure just builds and builds and builds. And before you know it, you're one of those CEOs. It's like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I'm checking out. Right. You don't have to be a military veteran to think about checking out. And I think that the piece that for me that is we're all human at the end of the day, right? Right. That regardless of where we grew up, our color of our skin, any of that stuff. We we have other people in our life. Usually there's somebody else there that you care about, you're trying to take care of. You have a family. You you have responsibilities. Just the pressure at home alone can be overwhelming. Then you go to work and that person that you love, you care about, or you're responsible for, they can't really understand what it is that you're going through. And you, when you come home, you try to hide it from them. Or you just don't want to put that pressure on them. You know, Sarah and I, I remember when I was building my financial planning practice, I would come home and I wouldn't want to regurgitate to her all the stressful conversations or moments that I had because she was already stressed enough. She's a mom that is absolutely going bonkers, trying to raise these kids, take care of our house, cook dinner, clean. I mean, she's a super mom. The last thing that I want to do is go home and give her more pressure based on what I've been through. So I, I think when, when people ask you and I, if you had to sum it up, Dan, like what, what is it that we do? Really? What do we do? If we come in and we work with your company, cause we've worked with huge companies, right? Huge corporations, Mid-sized corporations and small, uh, business owners. So it's been the gamut, right? Right. But we walk in, we, we, and we say, okay, we're going to team up with this company. It's a good fit for them. It's a good fit for us. What do we do?
1: So the, the really cool part is once we start actually interacting with the staff and then start, um, doing our interventions, our neurological interventions, uh, I would say what we do without getting into any kind of scientific terms is we help teams to develop a level of an emotional intelligence that allows them to flow freely at work. And what I mean by that is if you're under stress all the time or you're anxious or, or maybe you got childhood trauma and your limbic system is activating regularly, you're not functioning on all cylinders. You know, maybe you got an eight cylinder engine, but you got about six of them operating or maybe four cylinders operating So to be able to go in there and neutralize all of those bad emotions, the ones that are unhelpful and unhealthy, allows them to become a more emotionally intelligent person and allows them to have better interactions, not only with their staff and and their subordinates, but clients, right? So because we're dealing with a lot of emotions, especially post-COVID, so a lot of people are overwhelmed with emotions. And when you can go in there and, and regulate them, it allows you to use literally all brain power. All right. So for us, it's a performance, you know, you know, cause you can actually take somebody that's, you know, maybe you're getting ready to fire somebody, right? Why fire them? If you can help lift them back up. And, and what I mean by that is getting all of that bad baggage out, like emptying that, that suitcase of emotions, getting them back on firm footing, you know, and allowing them to perform at levels that they're fully capable of performing at. It's just that everything's kind of getting in
0: the way. If I'm that person that's listening to this, so I'm going, okay, Dan, that's great. I heard this before. I've heard other people talk about this. How is it in a maybe a one-minute snippet here of what is it that we actually do that allows that team to let that stuff go and function that's different than what everybody else does? Because you and I know how different what we do is. It's not a cognitive, um, conscious brain, which is your weak brain, process where we're talking about hey let's be positive let's think positive what we do is very different correct
1: it's, it's way different than- so
0: if you had to sum it up in like one minute how would you sum that up for that person that ceo that hr director that person's like okay i've got a great team but if i walk in and ask 50 people anybody in here got anxiety anybody at their at, at home have anxiety or anybody you know sh- dealing with some stress feel stress and half the room's gonna raise their hands can we make that so that Pretty much nobody in the room raises their hand.
1: Well, I guess it's all in the framing of the questions. Who in here wants to operate at optimal levels, peak performance levels? Who wants to have full access of their cognitive abilities, but do it un- unconsciously, right?
0: Right. Who wants to sleep good at night? Who wants
1: to sleep good at night? Who wants to not freak out when their kids are crying at home? Who wants to you know wake up feeling rested?
0: Who wants to come to work? And have a real smile on their face. Yes, that one's big because some of the companies we've worked with, you and and just individuals we've worked with, when when we run them through our processes, the real smile comes out, and I'll I'll literally say, "How's it feel to have a real smile?" And you can see them take a second and pause, Mm -hmm. and then they look at you, and it's almost like a twinkle in their eye, and they're like, "Holy cow, I haven't felt this happy in years or decades," and they're like, "You're right." that's a real smile. And it's like, yeah, we're, we get to see the fake ones all the time. And I think that is what systemically kind of like a bad apple in the bunch can, can make the whole thing bad, right? right. Well, at the same note, when we start working with folks and that first couple of people we work with, then they start talking, then the next person, it breeds that excitement. Wow. What these guys are doing is very real, very tangible. It's legit as my son Fisher would say. And, uh, it, 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 Changes your whole work culture dynamic and takes it from good to great.
1: Well, and that's the thing, it's it's work cultures. So we all have worked in those toxic environments. All right. Out of the military, I've worked with some phenomenal leadership, some great organizations, but I've also worked for some very toxic commanders. And one Toxic person can corrupt the entire process. In other words, everybody's walking on eggshells because they don't know what the boss is going to do today.
0: Right. And let's pause there for a second. That boss might be amazing. Right. They might love their employees and they're coming to work going, man, I wish that I didn't feel this way. I wish I actually got some sleep at night. And meanwhile, they're, and there's, secretly, they're thinking, I don't even know if I I want to be on this planet anymore. They don't want to hurt people. They don't want to be the jerk that's making everybody walk in eggshells, but they can't even control their own emotions.
1: Well, think about it. If they're rejecting those specific emotions, like say fear, right? They're, they're scared to death. That's what they're going to focus on. And they're going to react in that fight or flight mindset. And I, and we've worked with countless people, who were like, Oh my God, I can't believe how I was acting. They didn't even realize it. Like right. their brain was literally hardwired fight or flight. Right. Yep. And next thing you know, you know, Oh man, I'm going to have to start apologizing to some people. When we
0: they, we worked with somebody that, that we literally walked away from and we were like, we either said something that really upset that person or that person is just really jammed up and miserable we, we were trying to figure it out. We were kind of talking. And then when you finally walk that person through the process, they were like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. I, it, I've been feeling this miserable for this long. And right. we just did one session together and I'm smiling and happy. It's, it's such a profound shift and it's so incredible to watch happen that the people, some people are really holding that heavy stuff. They almost get a little angry mm-hmm. because they're like, I'm i I'm so mad that I, I've been feeling this way and I didn't have to. And the great thing is when they work with us, like when we talk about corporations, there's, it's not therapy. No, your people don't have to come in and talk about their stuff. So again, there's always an employee in the bunch that's had a really tough childhood. They're not going to come into work and start telling their childhood trauma to their coworkers. You're lucky if you're their best friend. Like I know your worst trauma. Mm -hmm. I'm your best friend. I'm not going to walk into a, a corporate environment with you and watch you tell 20 people about that. Right. Right. That's the great thing about what we do is we can disconnect the emotions connected to that bad stuff, whether it's in childhood or it's from something from your last job. Let's think about that for a second. You have a really bad boss, right? Or, or a bad job, bad, tough people. And then you make a pivot and go to a new company but you're on high alert and you start treating people at the new company with your reactive emotions based on your past company. That's not fair to the new team you're with.
1: Correct. So it brought back a memory. I worked with a uh, fire chief, right? He worked for a fairly large fire department up in the Northeast United States. And I did one session with him. And the next message I got back from somebody was, what did you do to the chief? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what do you mean? Cause it was the person who, who connected us with him. He said, right. what, did, what did you do to the chief? What do you mean? He goes, he's smiling and he's happy. And all the guys were asking me what's got into the chief. He's in such a good mood. All of a sudden, think about that. All right? So his, his people that worked for him saw how he was on a regular basis. Yep. And he was really, really struggling. And he had reason to be, cause it was, it was some pretty horrific stuff, but, you know, and and that's the cool part is it doesn't even matter how bad this stuff is. It doesn't matter what a person's dealing with. If it's emotions, we got it, right? I don't care what the emotions are. We'll help that person, you know, disconnect it. Right. And I always use that they're driving the car. We're just holding the map. So we've found the key to allow the brain to let go of all of this stuff.
0: Quickly and efficiently. And the thing I'd ask everybody that's listening right now, if you're finding this interesting, you're working at a company, maybe there's five employees, maybe there's 50, close your eyes and think about that one person. They're either miserable, they're angry, or they're completely closed off. And you're like, what is this person's problem? Right? You can't put your finger on it, but you can feel it and see it. When we work with companies we will absolutely set those people free. And if they don't want to, you're going to be able to identify the bad apple in the bunch. That doesn't mean they're a horrible person, but if they want to be that way and everybody else is floating and not kind of on this high performance, peak performance as we call it, they're in this new spot where they're in control of their emotions and they're coming to work. They're happy, they're motivated and they love their jobs. And you have this one person that's like, Nope, I want to be Freddie, the funk master over here. I'm going to come in every day and everybody's going to feel my pain. Guess who can find another job somewhere else?
1: Right. You'll definitely be able to identify the cancer.
0: Right. Cause uh, like you speak to and and something I love about you, Dan, is you usually you'll say it all the time. Why let somebody go? That shouldn't be our first gut reaction. Maybe it is just a deeper emotional route that if we come in the anxiety guys come, come in and do this work that person's set free and now they're smiling and happy. And we've seen that many times. Wow. I don't have to hire somebody new. I don't have to train somebody new. We don't have to go through all that process. We can take the person that we hired, that we trained, that we put a lot of effort, money, love, sweat, tears into elevate them and bring them up on the rare occasion that there's somebody that just is that cancer that not that right fit. Well, now it makes your decision very clear and very easy because you got to take care of the rest of the people that are running your company because the CEO, or an owner or a founder is only as good as the people that are working with them. Right. hundred percent. Can't do it alone. So if we can identify those key people that, you know, bring the people up that are struggling with us. And then if there is somebody that doesn't belong, well, Hey, if they're struggling and they're miserable being there, you're probably setting them free by letting them go.
1: Right. We did, uh, we did some corporate work with a motorcycle parts manufacturing group. All right. So we worked with about 13 of his staff, and he had one staff member that wouldn't engage and that, and the owners paid for the, tr- the sessions, right? So, Hey, I want you to work with all of our people. And we did, we worked with all of them and they were able to identify that he was the, he was the problem. Cause once everybody else's emotions got neutral, guess what you see loud and clear outlier, you, s- you see that outlier and, and, and things at that point, it's a choice, right? That individual is choosing to be the outlier and there are people we run into them all the time that that don't want to let go of whatever it is that they got emotionally. And there's not much you can do about that.
0: Yeah. And some people just have personality disorders, right? So <laughs> and not like you can hire somebody and be like, Hey, are you borderline? Right. Are you histrionic? Like you can't ask those questions when you're hiring somebody, but I sure as heck would rather do what I can uh, to support my employees. If I'm an HR director or a CEO and go, let's give them the benefit of the doubt, right? Let's try to elevate them and bring them up. And if it's really not a good fit, then we know, we, we know without a doubt, it's time to move forward. And that's also why a lot of times we talk about um, spouses, right. right? If you're a married couple, you want them both to heal together and, and be at that peak performance together. Cause if you're that uh, person, you're in, let's say it's your wife in this instance. And she's like, Nope, I'm good. I'm going to hold on to all my stuff. And she's got a lot of anger and hurt and anxiety. And a lot of it's from childhood. And yet you go through the process and you get rid of all yours and you feel great and you're happy. And now you want to live into your life. You start to diverge. Sure. And, and just like a company can do the same thing. You get a bunch of employees that are like, okay, we're a good team. You get everybody going in the same direction. You don't want to diverge. Right? So you keep those people together uh, maybe that's a little bit of a bad analogy, but it all trickles down. So think about your employees when we, if we work with them and then they go home, mm-hmm. they, they, their family still can use this as a resource. It would be outside of the company, but they can heal together. And if you have a, if life's good at home, I always tell Sarah this. And I, I say it to you all the time. I'm like, if we're good, the kids are good. Everything else is good. Right. Yeah. If, if there's friction at home, whether it's with your teenage daughter or son or your spouse, how easy is it to go to work the next morning when you didn't sleep good the night before, or there was a big argument or there's a whole bunch of hurt and sadness that you're carrying on to. And then you come into work and you're supposed to put on that fake smile, like everything's okay and hit that deadline. That, that's well, a tough place to be.
1: And that's the problem is that you get into the emotions part of things. So say you got an anger problem, right? And you're angry at your wife or your husband and you go to work. Guess what follows you until your body processes and releases that emotion you're going to continue feeling that way. And it might go for days, right? But the, the really cool part about what we can offer is it's not like if somebody's got really bad anxiety or trauma, you're not going to fire the person because they have a, an issue with mental health. What you're going to do is you're going to identify the fact that these people are not in alignment with your core values. So you can literally get all of the values of the people on your team in alignment. And that's what allows you to effectively mm-hmm. operate at the highest levels as a unit, not necessarily just as an individual. So what you're gonna do is you're gonna identify that one person who's not gonna fall in line. They're not gonna be lockstep with the company mission or they're not gonna be in, in alignment with the company values. And that's how you're gonna be able to uh, part ways with that individual, not because of stress. You're not gonna you're not going to fire somebody because they're hurting. I mean, we see that a lot in the first responder world, um, but, and that's another example. So I've worked with uh, several officers, law enforcement officers, who were preparing to do what's called a fitness for duty evaluation. That's when the agency sends you to a psychologist to say, Hey, this person can't do the job anymore. We need their position. And then they get moved into workers comp or they just get terminated. What happens with five years of experience leaving, you know, that person's gone. They're taking all that institutional knowledge with them and the amount of money and energy you put into training that individual, now you're going to put a new officer on the street to replace them. That may take five years to develop his skill set, all because he was his emotions were out of, out of sorts. But to be able to do the work with people like that, and then they go to their fitness for duty evaluations, and then they give you that call, dude. The guy doctor said I'm great. I'm good to go. I'm going back to work, and life is good. All right, that's the kind of stuff what we're talking about doing with somebody, you know. And I'm not I'm just using that as an example. That's kind of an extreme because, you know, law enforcement, you're dealing with public safety. So they've got to have those spots filled in. If they can't perform the job that then they have to pull them and put somebody in that position. But it's but, a
0: good example though. Yeah. Because in the in the corporate world, you're eventually gonna be like, okay, I need this person to be getting this job done and they're not doing the job, which right. means things are falling through the cracks, or you're picking up the slack, or other employees are picking up the slack, which then causes resentment, anger, frustration. And before you know it, your team starts falling apart or not working well together. So if you can identify that early and go, okay, this is somebody that, let's just say it's in the corporate world, needs a fitness for duty evaluation. Right. Bring in the anxiety guys. And, and we walk through the, our steps. And a lot of it's rapport building, getting to know the people. And, it, and it's a, our processes are a nature to where we're not discussing details. I know a lot of corporations, I think, are, it, it, that's kind of what we get sometimes. Like, this is this therapy. Right. No, we're not doing therapy. We're not doing talk therapy where people are going to spill their beans, right? What we do is walk people through a neurological process that allows their their strong brain, as I like to call it, their subconscious brain to basically retrain itself rapidly, like very quickly. The results are, <laughs> I will not even say how quick they are because it's hard to believe. It, it seems too good to be true but it's extremely, uh, effective. I know the one CEO that we're going to have on the, I don't want to name drop him right now, but I can't wait to get him on the podcast with us. Cause not only the the first day, I remember that we sat down that first day and, and we're explaining what we do in in the nonprofit and we're like, Hey, we'll show you like, you got anybody that's, you know, been struggling. He's like, yep. And he (laughs) he grabs this, this person that's She's beautiful, uh, like heart, huge heart. You can just tell, like a a super person. And we sit down, and the tears start flowing. She didn't tell us any details about what was going on, but started to be like, oh, yep. He watched what did it take, 20, 30 minutes? We walked her through our processes.
1: No, it was more like 15.
0: It was fast. And all of a sudden, she's confused and smiling and like, holy cow. That was the start of the snowball rolling downhill. Next thing you know, we worked with seven more people. And since then, we've worked with probably 40 plus individuals if not more including the CEO's family right mom wife uh and and, and others and it, you don't end up sticking around with somebody like that or a company as amazing as they are if you can't follow through on what you say you're doing and 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 I I love it I love seeing the work culture shift I love seeing amazing people cuz a couple of people we've worked with mm-hmm. within a few of the companies at first glance when you first meet them you're like man I don't I wouldn't hire that person. Not because you dislike them, but you just the energy that you feel coming off them is feels negative or toxic. I actually feel bad about times in my past, jobs I've had when I was younger, and some of the people that I worked with where I was quick to judge them or dismiss them because I'm like, oh my God, they're emotional, or that guy's just a jerk, or that girl, she's, you know, whatever. If knowing what I know now, I feel a lot more empathy or grace for them people. Cause I'm like, they, who knows what they went through their last job, what they just went through. You and I talk about that a lot with law enforcement because you were in that career field and forget the side of the token. You are with law enforcement and military and all that stuff. You're a human being and I, you pull me over and I'm late for work and I'm frustrated and I start snapping at you. You could have literally have just come from an accident where you saw three kids get killed in the car. And that happens. Yeah. And, and so I know that sounds extreme, but we don't know what happens in our employees' lives, right? right? The, the Some of the CEOs we've worked with have spent some of the people that are struggling the most. And when I say the most, they're at their wits' end. They're they're like, I don't know. Why is it worth living anymore? That seems crazy to say that. But when you're operating at that level, you can't tell the people below you this is how you're feeling. Like You just can't. And and some career fields won't even let you, right? If you're a pilot, heaven forbid you say you have some anxiety or you have a traumatic event in your life. Cause guess who doesn't get a medical and doesn't get to fly the plane anymore? And I'm sure we could think of a dozen other career fields where you're not allowed to talk about it. So if, if you are here this and this is resonating with you, if you're not an HR director or CEO, you're an employee of a great company with a great culture but maybe there's others like you that are struggling and and are afraid to speak up, bring us in. Nobody has to speak about anything. No deal, no details get brought up. If if nothing else, a discovery call with us. We, you know, we set it up on our website that you're a company, you're a CEO that you're that HR director. You come in and and book an hour discovery call with us right on our website. And we do a zoom and and you can ask deeper questions outside of the podcast. Hey, what is it that you get a little more specific with us? What does it look like? How does the structure work? Is it a good fit? Cause we want to make sure we're a good fit for your company too, right? It, it, we're not everybody's cup of tea. What we do, our processes will work on anybody, but it doesn't mean that we are necessarily the best fit and, and maybe you're not the best fit for us, but that call could save somebody's life. It could save somebody's job. It, it could save a lot of people's jobs.
1: Think about it from this perspective. You you run a company, maybe it's a large, maybe you're a large defense contract company. Maybe you're a program manager for Skunk Works, right? Part of Lockheed Martin, right? And then you've got a lot of veterans that work for you. Mm. High suicide rates, right? What does that do for your company culture when you lose somebody? Oh. You know, not only would the emotional aftermath of losing a buddy or a coworker, but there's a lot of time and a lot of energy and a lot of money invested in these folks. What if you could get all those people up back to 110%. So they're operating on all eight cylinders and they're happy and their home life is good. And their kids got their dad back or they got their mom back. You know, what does that do to the work culture? What if your entire work culture were emotionally intelligent to the point where nobody had anxiety Nobody had anger problems. Nobody had depression. Nobody had depression. What does that look like mm-hmm. for you? Because right now, 21% of adults in the United States are clinically diagnosed with anxiety. That's according to the National Institute of Health, right? Probably 52 to 53% of Americans are diagnosed with depression. You know, we got we got COVID to thank for that. You know, people isolated, people were worried, people were afraid, people lost people, and that's diagnosed diagnosed.
0: That's not that's everybody not else that's not diagnosed. So right. it's not going to go to the doctor. Exactly, a lot of hard headed people out there who aren't going to go to the doctor. You struck a, a thought with me a second ago when you were talking about defense contractor because let's fly to the other end of that spectrum for a second. Yeah, right. And into the defense contractor thing with veterans. If you're a company that hires a lots of, a lot of veterans or former first responders. That was all the biggest reason why Dan and I put so much blood, sweat, and tears into 220. There is a resource for those folks. So even if we come into the company and those folks specifically are struggling afterwards, they can go right to 220 and and get the help they need to then operate at peak performance for them, their spouse, and their minor children at no cost. We're not looking to capitalize on our veteran brothers, sisters, and first responders. But where I was going with this my daughter works at a ski ski resort. We started talking about ski patrol and they see deaths every year, Mm -hmm. right? Whether it's an avalanche or somebody skis into a tree or somebody has a heart attack or falls out of a chairlift. They're first responders on that mountain. They're the first ones on the scene. Think about what that, that breeds for community. And Emma was telling me, she's like, dad, there's a lot of people that are jammed up. Like imagine what we could do for that ski community, come in to one of the big resorts. I mean, we can all pick out a name of our favorite resort and work with the ski patrol, you know, and work with the others within that community. I mean, even just work with the executive team so then they can see when people that are working under them are struggling. Oh, because when they walk away from working with us, they have those skills. They have the skills, better skills to identify, see, and go, oh, at least I have a good resource that I know works. I can link this person up with, with Nick and Dan, the anxiety guys, or if they're a veteran or a first responder, 22-0. It's, it's like the resource that keeps on giving. Even if we're not there directly, you have something in your back pocket that is outside of, hey, just go find a therapist. And, I, and this is not me knocking on therapists because what we do is very different. But it, to me, as a business owner myself, um, I, I just see it as such a powerful tool that I want people to know about because... If you heal those people, it benefits so many more than just your other employees. It benefits their their family unit and the other people that they love and care about.
1: Man, yeah, That's so true. And and the, the cool part is we get to do this. Yep, We absolutely get to do this. We don't have to do this. Yeah, buddy. We do it because we want to do it. We do it because we love doing it. We do it because we love the impact that we're making on the lives. Um, the potential that we're allowing people to lean into. You know, that's the really cool part. Um, And they do it unconsciously. So they do it without even realizing they're doing it. Yeah.
0: It's that, that look when somebody is set free and they know they, they know without a doubt what I just felt that shift. And then next thing you know, the smiles on the face, they're sleeping good and the most skeptical people in the world. It's so funny. We'll get people like, I think you guys are full of it. Well, I would too, if I were you, because at one point I did and I don't you don't have to take our word for it. You, you, you're going to feel it. You're going to see it, and you can take a, several thousand other people's words for it. Right. So, if you're out there and you're you're running a company, you own a company, or you're part of a big company, and any of this is resonating with you, you know, schedule a call with us, a discovery call for your corporate teams, and we'll discuss how we can help help set you free. And if nothing else, we'll give you some tools or some resources that you can look at, even if it's not the best fit for you or for us. We just want to make that bigger impact and, and uh, put your team in a place where everybody wins.
1: And all I can say is shift happens.
0: <laughs> shift happens, buddy. I love it.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, give us a call. Dan at anxietyguys.com. And I'm Nick at anxietyguys.com. And let's join the emotional revolution.